Ready? I was born ready. I'm Ron Swanson. gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages live from the beats lab at studio 537 it's your bi-weekly edition of the duder podcast tonight we've got some beatettes in the house and we've also got a special guest so let's move on to the introductions here uh with us as always the iron man uh not cal ripkin folks it's elvis bailey how are we doing we doing great, and so during pregame, I talked about some breaking news. I'm going to get to that here in just a second, but the subject of that breaking news is here tonight, and that's LK. Good to be here, everybody. And because Dougie Fresh had to take the night off, uh, Mr. Reliable Beat at Emeritus himself, David A. Blue. Hey, hey, um, I just want to throw out there, when I'm on here, I'm a scrotet. I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to be a I want to be a scrotet. Just, just to let that be clear. The only. The like only. Yeah, okay. the only. <laughs> uh, we're lucky enough to also be joined by our special guest tonight, um, making his Duder podcast debut. Um, the head coach of the Fairview Apaches football team and track team. Doug Rakes. How you doing, Doug? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Looking forward to it. Now, I feel like I feel like Billman knew that Doug Rakes was going to be on tonight, and he didn't want there to be a Doug battle. That's true. I think uh, you're right. Yes. But what I forgot, what I didn't get a chance to mention in pregame, is that, uh, Doug, there's a battle going on right now between when Dave Blue came on as a guest and when Doug Billman came on as a guest as to who can get the most plays. Ooh. So you are now going to be on that scoreboard. Oh, um, wow. That's a lot I've of never pressure. Really, LK, I've never really looked at your episode. Um, don't. Don't? <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> I, did find that, I did find that one of my plays from uh, before I added you guys, I think I got 19, which, hey, you know, what's a, guy to, what's a guy to do? That's pretty um, good for you. If you heard me earlier, I talked about the breaking news that we have to uh, to – Release upon the world that doesn't know yet, that I don't know if they know yet, but uh, uh, LK is now the color analyst for 105.7 The Bull Football Fridays. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Now, I want to know, Mr. Rakes, 
how does the how does the Fairview faithful feel about their guy getting kicked to the curb? Well, you know, this is this is news to me. I had no idea. I had heard rumors, rumblings that LK might be uh, might be joining the team, but I had no idea that Mr. Singer was going to be off of there. Quite honestly, I think Andy just, uh, you know, he's embedded in Fairview, no <laughs> doubt about it. He's embedded in GMC Sports and uh, got a lot of stuff going on. And I think he just kind of had to choose something. His kids are getting older. His daughter's playing JV volleyball and sure. golf coach, baseball coach. And uh, I think he's the uh, uncertified assistant athletic director, so to speak, over there. So I think his plate was really full, and he just needed to step aside from something or other. And he chose it to be uh, Friday nights in the booth. So, uh Thus, they went to the bullpen, and this is what you get. Well, I'm just going to hey. say they, they just seem to be getting better and better since the reign of J-Bo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Waze, will you be totally honest with us? I know I, I heard rumors that you actually beat him two out of three arm wrestling. That's how you got it. Okay, there it is. I didn't want to go public I, with it. And it was left-handed. <laughs> well... I'm very strong left-handed, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Doubler. So, here we go. <laughs> and we've hit, the gr- we've hit the ground running. Yes. Yes, Coach Rakes, it gets pretty bad on here sometimes. <laughs> Just say, what have I gotten myself into here? Yeah. Feel free to chime in at any time. We, <laughs> the, there's no the, rules. Well, the, the, this this might be the pinnacle of his career also so far. I'm, I'm kind of uh he's kind of glad that's all he had to say yeah, yeah. yeah he's so excited he the the other over. news that i have is everybody's probably wondering where's curtis where's curtis well curtis had a i don't know how to how to even say this curtis he did not test positive for peds <laughs> um <laughs> curtis as a founding co-founding father of this podcast, we're supposed to be pimping this thing as much as we can. Right. And anytime we have the opportunity to say something to somebody about our podcast, we should. Okay. Curtis was playing golf with Loy ball last week, who we've talked about on this podcast, at least the last two episodes. Yep. And I said, dude, I said, dude, did you tell him about the pod? Tell him to come on the pod. You know what Curtis said? Oh, I forgot. Curtis is oh, a lot. Yeah, he, he is not suspended. an ambassador for us. Now, how can you forget about this podcast? It's because I think he's embarrassed to be on it. He, he is. is. He really? He is. Where's that big old headed douche? <laughs> Dave, was that a negative connotation, douche? There, it's, it was. That okay. was a negative douche angle. Okay. Was it really? I yeah. I would have took it as a positive. Oh, uh, not in this case. No. no? Okay. No. <laughs> All right. He did, he did, he did, he didn't he didn't stand up for the for the scrotets. Yeah, or, you know I, I I work every other weekend and Sundays. My boss knows it's podcast day. He <laughs> listens to it. He listens to us regularly, and he lets me quit at noon every day after we eat lunch. So I got six <laughs> hours to prepare, and good old good old faithful scroton doesn't give me a. A heads up until like four fifteen. Hey, uh, Coach Rakes from Fairview is going to be on today. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, great. Okay. I didn't tell you guys the other day. You no, no. I think you said that you might. 
but you was you were gonna let us know, but he let us know an hour and forty five minutes before. So that's all not right, too listen, bad. I'm just gonna be real with you guys. I worked harder this week, Monday oh, through Monday through Friday, half Friday, than I've worked. I think in my entire life. <laughs> all I can say it's about time. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. So what does that mean? You put in twenty seven hours. It, <laughs> No, hey, is is it really hard work when you're sitting in air conditioning now? Uh, yes. Serious, serious, because, no, and let me tell serious. you why. Because the things that I had to deal with, with this week start with a, negotiating uh, the potential purchase of a house by one of my clients, uh, which turned out to be a f- unmitigated fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> To then getting their house listed and getting things taken care of there. To our business, (laughs) our our new business venture that's just firing up in defiance now and getting out and about and handing out cards. And uh, got to walk around the Ville a little bit last week, just hanging out, you know. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty tired. I was pretty tired, I'll be honest with you. Uh, So that's why I put together no notes tonight. It's just going to be straight up stream of consciousness. I have been working on other episodes upcoming. Uh, I've got a really neat idea coming up, but we'll talk about that later. Working on other episodes, that makes Coach Rakes feel real good. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. I, say, I mean, <laughs> no, because generally when we, have an, when we have a guest on, I don't really do much. You guys do all the, do all the, all the grill, and I just sit back and relax. <laughs> Coach Rakes, you are my number one priority tonight. I just uh, thought I'd throw that out there. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's good that, uh, you know, someone has – has me in mind here <laughs> so we're gonna just wrap a little bit here about some sports and then we will uh we will get on to our normal uh grilling of our guest um hopefully you guys have some pretty good ones for him um you know we were earlier we were talking a little bit about the nba playoffs um lk how, how are the knicks doing <laughs> oh man <laughs> you know rob pick Pick nine. It's a nice draft lottery eight. for him. My hope has been pick eight, twenty-seven, and thirty-seven. I, I don't know. What, I don't know what to say. What, keeping hope alive. That's anything. all I've got. Don't say anything because you just bury yourself deeper. <laughs> I know. I know. But you know what? For some reason, I'm a Chicago Bear, a Detroit Tiger, a Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and a New York Knicks. For some reason, my most passions with the Knicks. And it's been nothing but misery for twenty consecutive years. No That's wonder it. that uh, that poor take on LeBron and Jordan. I, it all makes more sense to me now. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. That tells me you're listening, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait, wait, hey uh, I, I'm not doing too much better with my bowls right now, but at least they did get a top five pick. Yes. Yep. Is there anything more? ridiculous than the nba lottery i I just i think it's insane i've always hated it it just to me it makes no sense you know one thing that drives me nuts why don't they show the ping pong balls yeah that is weird i i mean that that to me right there kind of thinks that okay something's something's kind of rigged when i want when when they used to do show it I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, what American Legion Hall are they uh, spinning these ping pong balls? <laughs> They're, it's not the American Legion; it's at the Sherwood VFW. Might as well be. <laughs> They're in Cecil, Ohio. 
Well, okay, my Celtics just finished a sweep of the 76ers, and we've also got three first-round draft picks. So, oh, Danny Ainge has done an awesome job there, that's for sure. And uh, 76ers coach loses job within 24 hours. Hey, Shad, Shad. I, I think I think that's that was one of the the hot topics the other day that they were talking about that within 24 hours that they get swept, he will be gone. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Peter Simmons is not there next year either. Yeah. yeah, I'm. I've never. I've never really caught on to the whole. I know Ben Simmons is a hell of a player, but I've just never really. I don't think you can. I think he needs more. He needs more pieces than just Embiid. I mean, he can't do he had, it. He had Jimmy Butler. Butler, they wouldn't resign him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Sixers weren't they supposed to be like really good this year? Yeah. How were they? How were they prior to the to the? Oh, see, okay, back me up here. How how were they doing? Were the Sixers any good prior to COVID stuff? They were two and twenty one on the road prior to the holy bu- shit the bubble. So that that should tell you something right there. Wow. Yeah. And be it'll be gone. He's the one. He's not. I don't think he's a winner. He put up. He put up thirty winner. and ten today in a four point loss. He's not a winner, not not a championship. Oh, yeah, with I think Simmons, Simmons might be, but Embiid gets hurt, whines. He's yeah. he's not he's not cut cut out to be the main. I guy. agree. You know what? You know you know why? Because he was he was taught by Bill Self, the big the biggest crook in the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> Period. I agree. Oh, that's a there. I agree with Blue. Oh, he, he's not a winner. That's well said. He's not a winner, and I don't think he's got. What it takes, either. I wouldn't want him on my team. Hell of a player, hell of a player, but not not the championship type of guy. Yeah, he's kind of funny, but he said stuff that you shouldn't be saying until you are a winner, too. Yeah. Right. And by the way, Jason Tatum did. He put up twenty-eight and fifteen today that with four assists. Yep, that's a guy uh, you anyone would love to have yes. on their team. Blue boy, yeah, that dude is legit. I, you should know, blue boy, that. Uh, this is shocking news, but with no no New York Knicks in the picture again, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm behind the Lakers all the way. I want to see LeBron. What? <laughs> oh God! I want to see I, LeBron to get another one. I'm gonna throw yep. up. Okay, okay, okay is, is cruising towards a one week suspension. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Uh, yeah. Why not? We don't have enough time for me to go on a why not spree here. Oh, oh. Uh-oh, blue, blue, blue don't like big, that, the, Scrooge. I mean, there's the biggest winner in the NBA right now. Yep. Is LeBron. Yep. He is. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, well, I'd, I'd, who's say bigger, I'd, who's I'd, I'd say the Golden State boys are yeah. bigger winners. Yep. I would. Are they, are they playing right now? No, but right I mean they have they have three okay. out of their, their top their, okay. their top five. I guess I'm right. <laughs> oh my god! I've never seen I have never seen I've never seen a professional athlete take a media beating like LeBron. It's just I don't get it. He brings it upon himself, though. Exactly. Thank you, Coach. He does. Hey, is there he a spot does. on the floor? Is there is there a spot on the Fairview coaching staff? Because I'd love to join after you said that. <laughs> Well, he does. He, he does it on room. purpose, though. 
he yes. does most of it on purpose yeah. because he's smart. He's very smart. He wants that attention. Yeah. He, he does it on purpose. Yeah. He does it on purpose. I think you might be right. Hey, while we're talking the NBA, let me tell you my NBA story. I think you guys Uh-oh. I think you guys will like it. Especially since probably everybody on this pod except for Blue could be my kid. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, shockingly, hey, 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 we we still haven't done DNA, so there could be a possibility. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, shocking and breaking news! I am in a fantasy basketball league with uh, Coach Doug Rakes. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, last year, <sighs> Coach Rakes and I first matchup was the first week of high school football playoffs. <laughs> Oh, on Monday, I sent him a note wishing his Apaches good luck and said, hey, you ought to focus your attention this week on that football team and not pay any attention to your fantasy basketball team. (laughs) His response was, thank you, don't worry about me, and I didn't realize the nursing home got internet. (laughs) I love it. Okay, uh, what is the deal with the Fairview boys coming after you about your age? <laughs> I mean, oh. I, he dropped, I put it out on the message board for the whole league to see, thinking he'd say, ha, 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 that's funny. And he, he dropped a boom on me, man. Yeah, that's that's what you call a haymaker right oh there. Oh, my God. Oh, I was out. I was out. I didn't recover. Oh. I didn't recover until about Thursday that week. <laughs> man. Uh, I tell you what. I tell you what, this is like a WWE match with Matt Kempf and Doug Rakes just drilling LK with chairs <laughs> in, the, uh, in the background. Do you know the Matt? Kemp, uh-huh. Do you know the Matt Kempf comment, Coach Rakes? No, I don't think I do. You know Matt, I'm sure. Oh yeah, good friends. Well, I got to know him real well uh, when at, when I was working at Parker. Yeah, and I retired a couple years ago and. Being a Chicago Bear fan, Matt and I are all back sure. and forth all the time. Well, I haven't seen him and a bunch of the guys out there in two years. So it was about June. I sent a picture of myself to him and about Luke Spicer and about five oh, other yeah. guys just saying, hey, guys, I'm still here. Just want to remind you I'm thinking of you while you guys are working. And I get this comment. <laughs> I get that comment. The comment I get from Kemp was is, Wow. I figured you'd be on a ventilator by now. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> uh, that's that's that what mean. I'm talking about. That was mean. Hey, who did win that matchup, by the way? Uh, Coach Rakes won that one, but I, I got him. In, I got him in the second matchup. Yeah, yeah I he got off two, on he, fire, and then I he, fell off. He got two W's that week, though. Yes, that's true. He did. He's. He, I think Coach Rakes come out of the gate five and zero, six and zero in fantasy, and yep. things kind of went south for him. Yep, wheels fell off. I don't remember what happened. Probably some injuries or something. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, you, you you probably had to start a couple of Knicks, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I did draft RJ Jarrett, maybe something like that. <laughs> he picked up Frank Nilakina. <laughs> oh yeah, Frankie Deadeye, or Kevin Knox. Hey, well, while we're talking about, well, oh, sorry. While we're talking about past yeah. episodes, uh, last week's or two weeks ago's episode uh, got us fifty-eight plays. So I kind of like this whole going every other week kind of thing. gives Gives people plenty of time to, plenty of time to catch up on it and 
uh, get those numbers up. Um, I will give an update on the Blue Billman. Uh, Dave, you're up 116 to 115. boy, Blue, blue <laughs> Boy. Battle of the Ages. I'm oh. trying to figure out. So, but hey, and how about this? The episode right after Blue's episode is at 97. What was that? Wow. Uh, that would have been the first round of our sports movie tournament. Huh. I, I think I was just me and you, wasn't it, Scrout? No, you yeah, and I were the first. Dang it. The first ep- the first one of the uh, favorite oh, song the music. tournament. Music. That's right. I knew I wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. My first episode has 56, so haha. <laughs> How about this? My first solo episode has 23. Ouch. So yeah, I'm getting my ass pretty well kicked here. Um reviews, uh, I don't think we got any except for from Dave. Um and I will go ahead and cuz I, I sent a review. Oh yeah, okay, Senator. Yeah, you weren't here last time, were you? No. Okay, so you didn't. You get to hear Elvis talking in auto tune, did you? <laughs> I listened to that pod, absolutely. I apologize for all the the the. It was the first time I ever tried to do it for my truck. <laughs> didn't work. Didn't work out very good. Well, I'm gonna go ahead because I've got two. I've got two here from actually two episodes from Dave because he needed to to get caught up. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Do I have? I have three. three. Holy two crap! Three. All right, lots of uh, middle fingers here. Sorry, folks. Uh, just caught the July 21st <laughs> episode. Wow, you douchers talked like you were somewhat mature adults. <laughs> Very impressive. Incredible. Incredibly surprising. Impressive, nonetheless. Dave, you realize you just used the word impressive in a text to me twice? Well, you know, sometimes you got to... I feel like I've reached a whole new level of douchiness. (laughs) Well, it is rising, and I'm surprised that's possible, but it is. Uh, Dave goes on to say, then the true douchiness raised its head in a (laughs) big-ass way. (laughs) Finished finished in true duder fashion. Uh, Two, four, six, eight middle fingers. Wow. Wow. Uh, Dave uh, goes. I uh, goes on to say that uh, Mason Hostie is a great get, top notch dude, and super douche in the making. <laughs> Poor Mason. Uh, Knickerbockers, ha 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 ha. <laughs> Industrial League, endless stories. Uh, oh, this is when we were talking about Bruce Brenny. Brenny did play with the Fairview crowd, Sims Brothers, and Jay Carr. Serious Corona craziness scenarios. Great rhythm, dudettes, douchifiers. Uh, then he the, gives the me Sim, two, now, two. The three, Sims brothers. Three. Would that be Maury and Duke? Maury, yep. yep. Maury, yeah. Denny, and yep. Steve. Yep. I, I played softball with all of them for about five, six years. On the same yeah. team. Yeah. At, so, did they fight? Did they fight anybody? Especially you know what? The, uh, Volk was um, there. I was nineteen twenty to probably 24 and they were uh duke would he had a rubber band on his wrist that was probably three inches wide and you know I, i'm <laughs> young kid and have no idea and he's just sitting on the bench just absolutely thrusting that thing into his forearm mm-hmm. and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like what in the hell is he doing 
and and his uh, Maury, the brother, he's our first baseman. And I asked him, I'm like, why is your brother doing that? Oh, because you don't want to see him mad. You don't want to see <laughs> And next thing you know, he'd kick the bats, throw his glove, and start shaking on the bench. And I'm like, this. And the guy's like 114 pounds dripping wet. They said, <laughs> he said, he might take this whole park out if he gets mad enough. <laughs> I start laughing. But it was, they were, that was probably the best, best softball team I ever played on. I think we, uh, I think we won, we won uh, state one year and was uh, third nationals one year. And probably won, the, yeah. and, and on top of that, I'm sure you won the Sherwood League. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty money. Those guys were good. But the thing is, they were, they into, were, they were into it. They oh gosh they were oh. they were nuts. Those I mean I played in the, you know, the Hicksville Industrial League against them, and the Eden had one, and I, somewhere else maybe Defiance. So I played against those guys all the time, and somehow we never got into it with any of them. But oh Duke when he oh he was a handful. Hmm. But if Maury says he was calm, that's a lie too because Maury would get oh yeah. Calm. I mean it, it was a fight damn near yep. every game. Really, truly was damn near every game. Well, in them days, industrial league was played about like how the NBA was in the eighties and nineties. Stuff that's a double flagrant today was nothing but a common foul in them. <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe not even yeah. a foul. Yeah, probably not. Rex, even. Depends on what kind of mood Bill was in. Blue boy was Glore playing in that industrial league in Hicksville. Yeah, he was. Yeah, a- he played on my team in Hicksville a little bit with Volkert and. uh Big tall Steve Snyder and this guy named Kendall Murphy from or something like that from Indiana. He was a hell of a player, but he was a freaking loose cannon too. <laughs> and, uh, we won. We won our. I've seen Rex uh, pin more than a couple guys up against the wall with a two yeah. by four forearm yeah. in the guy's throat, telling him if they, <laughs> if they do that again, he's going to start snapping body parts off. <laughs> That's just how Rex was. Rex, I mean, he was that way when he was. He was that way when we would do drills. He would uh, he would make me guard him, and I mean he would just he would get into me, and he'd give me he get a couple couple elbow sh- elbows to my ribs. Oh yeah, he used to yeah he was he wasn't he didn't give a shit either. He Rex was a man's man, and remember the story I told. I don't know if you heard that story about why <laughs> how, when he left Defiance College, he was playing for Mark Hollenberger. And D.C. was really good in them days. I mean, they were a national power in Division Three, and I don't know what happened. Rex never got along with Hohenberger, and uh, one thing led to another. Rex was an angry guy from about 19 to 23 or 4, and he ended up in the dean of students' office, and one thing led to another, and they escorted him off campus after he punched the dean of students. <laughs> oh, Yeah. That's classic. And, wow. You know what? He didn't care. Rex's dad was a golden glove, a successful golden glove boxer. No kidding. And hey, he had a mean streak, and uh, he wasn't dirty. He just he wasn't putting up with anything from anybody. So Dave My goes God. on to say that he does need a haircut, which I can vouch for that. That dude needs a haircut. Uh, but he's not going to get it cut until Corona craziness ended. Dave, you care to comment? Well, we will see. We will see how that goes. Um, do I need to send? Do I need to send uh, Mr. Slattery and uh, a text and ask if it's okay if you can come in with long hair? Well, 
you can you can you can text him all day long. On that. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of speaking of douchey now, whatever length it is, I'll walk in. <laughs> but right right now, I guess I this is this is where I think I stand. I did say I, I wouldn't cut it till Corona craziness was over, not realizing it'd be seven years. <laughs> <laughs> And, and now I think I'm saying uh, I'll get it cut before we actually play the first basketball game. What does, that's probably a wise idea. What does Mrs. Blue have to say? She she didn't care. Now it's starting to bug, bug her. She's, hey, she's making a few comments d- now and then. Just wear a headband. That'd be perfect. Well, I wear a hat all the time, but I don't think they'll probably let me wear one in school. So Peanut will let you wear soon. one. <laughs> you might. Is it the longest it's ever been? Uh, no, no, it was, it was this long in high school. Okay, so, like, since, I will be. Uh, if anybody wants to meet me at the Williams County Library tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to go find the Eden yearbooks and we're going to verify <laughs> this. <laughs> uh, one other review that we did have of the last episode came from LK. Uh, because he was not able to make it. Uh, good stuff as usual, gang. Enjoyed listening for sure, and Boston was a great fill-in for LK. Some would argue to boot the old man off and bring Boston aboard, but I'm not one to follow that thinking. Of course you're not. Um, only negative I found was someone said there's nothing to talk about except COVID. That would argue NBA playoffs about to start, MLB, NFL training camp. Uh, the KY Derby. Uh, I'm not familiar with that sporting event. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Um, I kind of wondered what that was. Kentucky Derby, September 5th. Oh, oh, oh okay. Here's one. You guys are thinking of KY Jelly and such <laughs> freaks. freaks. I was thinking of the movie Old School where they had the KY Jelly wrestling match <laughs> when Blue died. Speaking yeah, my of, boy, Blue. Speaking of the Kentucky Derby... <laughs> I get home today, turn on the TV, and I'm like, holy cow, there's the Indianapolis 500 on. Yep. Yeah, that was today, oh, really? too, wasn't it? Yep. I saw the, about the last 10 or 12 laps. Well, they ended in yellow. Yeah, that's awful. That's a, awful. A, a horrendous crash with, <clears throat> with like nine laps to go or eight laps to go. So they, yellow means they finish it, but you go slow, don't you? Yeah. Right. They, they didn't. Nobody had a chance to pass. Dixon got second. Uh, the Sato dude. Of course, I look at that. Uh, I, I pay no attention to that. There, so there was Dixon, who I recognized his name. There was an Andretti and a Ray Hall in the race. And beyond that, I didn't couldn't name a name. No Emerson Fittipaldi's or anything like that? No. Not Jean Girard? Uh, I mean, I don't know if they were in the race. I was not. always an Andretti yep. guy. I mean, I was uh... – Mario was my man. He won it in 69, and no Andretti's come close since. 69. 69. So his, great, his grandson had the bowl today, but last night. <laughs> oh, jackass. <laughs> the maturity level is. Uh, <laughs> all I hear is a whisper 69. And my earphones. <laughs> I had a voice go down. <laughs> Douchiness is right up there, Blue. It's high. It is high. It's soaring with the wings of eagles. All right, LK. Let's hear let's hear the NFL. Wow, how about that today? I just realized what 
three weeks from today they start? I think so. It's going to be interesting how that how that plays out. I mean, obviously the NBA looks like they're going to pull it off with that bubble and baseball is if they get to the finish line they're going to be limping big time because how many games was canceled i mean there hasn't been a week go by where there's not been multiple games canceled i missed three goddamn games this week i'm <laughs> yeah, not what, happy uh, what do they say the cardinals have like i think eight or ten double headers to make up before the end of the year yeah two episodes ago they'd only played yeah. five games yeah I mean, at what point do they just – I don't know. Uh, a weekend without Mets baseball, it, It's it a normal hurts. weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Elvis. Said it before, that I'll hurts. say it again. I don't know. I mean, what's everybody <laughs> better? Is the NFL going to be able to pull this off? I think they will. I, for some reason, I, I don't know. I seems like training camps are going by – Without any any uh, big Corona outbreaks or anything, so the Vikings the Vikings just came down with a handful of them here today. They I didn't shut know how things many, down for a while. Then. I got a little update. I didn't read it all, but they got they had a handful. I, but so there, I, I truly don't. There have been a lot of enough. a lot of false what's positive what's recordings the last few days. But, Thank you. <laughs> The Bears had a few of them, and who else did? Someone else. I can't remember who else did, but like nine or ten, nine or ten of them. And uh, I guess there there are problems with the labs that they're using, or some something along those lines. That's frustrating. That's yeah, frustrating. no crazy. That gives everybody a lack of confidence, doesn't it? Oh well, yeah, yeah, uh, even more so. I I would say, yeah. you know. Well, there's some colleges in yes, trouble. Sir. North Carolina shut things down. Yep. Notre Dame is kind of struggling right now. Yep. Yeah, but, after after not having hardly anything all year or all summer so far. I think far. Oklahoma's got a problem right now. And, boy, I, I'm more nervous for college than pro. Do you think that there's a chance that this week is the week where the rest of the NCAA shuts it down? Boy, I I still got to see it to believe it. That, I mean, come on. No Purdue, no Indiana, no Ball State, yet Notre Dame plays. Yep. Bengals, Browns playing. No no Bowling Green, Toledo, Ohio State, yet high school is playing. Yep. How about Iowa? They can't play, yet Iowa State is. I mean, it makes no sense. Yeah. So that I guess I was going to wait and, and talk about this during Doug's segment, but I guess I did want to – how is it that the high schools are playing, but the colleges aren't? Well, I, I mean, you can say, you can spin it however you want, or I think you can look at it a lot of different ways. But what I've heard is, despite what college presidents and, you know, uh, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, despite what they're really saying about afraid for players' health, which when you really look at that, have you ever seen Ohio State's facilities? And, and the medical uh, personnel and, and, again, facilities right. that they have access to. And from what I understand, they were pretty much bubbled there. Do you really think that they're less safe uh, there than they are, you know, at, at home or somewhere else where they don't have access to all that stuff? So I guess what I've heard is that it has a lot more to do with liability 
and being afraid of getting sued later on down the road than it does actual player health. So, you know, I don't know what your guys' viewpoints on that are, but I think there's uh, a little something to that. I think, uh, Doug, you're right. Um, I was talking to my pal that's the uh, defensive coordinator at Iowa State, and I said to him, I said, can you guys keep your guys as safe as humanly possible for your football players? He said, we absolutely can. He said, that's not the issue. The issue is down the road, what if a kid does get it, and then they got the heart issues or whatever. Well, as you guys know, I'm a big Dan Patrick guy. Yeah. He was talking a week ago about, God forbid, anything really bad happened. But if some kid would get sick, and whether it was a year from now or like Dave was touching on, has a heart issue and passes away five years from now, you know, and the family wants to sue. So now they got the head coach, the athletic director, the university president in a courtroom. And the prosecutor says, uh, coach, athletic director, uh, university president, were you aware there was a pandemic raging across the country when you sent that young man out on the football field? And when the answer, of course, is yes, the prosecutor <laughs> turns to the judge and says, no further questions. I mean, they don't have a leg to stand on. You know, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with that sentiment, but I, I... – you know, when you really look at it, and my opinion may be different than you guys, but this is probably the perfect uh, outlet, I guess, to voice it. it. There is an inherent risk with football, with athletics, with just about anything that we do. I mean, you know, it, it's just crazy that now all of a sudden there's all this fear for the players when, breathing. you know, you have different things that can happen in yeah. football. Heck, guys get paralyzed and things like that. And where where is all the concern during those it's just it's crazy to me it's crazy that you know all of a sudden with this going on that now now there's big concerns about it when i don't know i think you know i agree i guess with the big 10 parents that have tried to i guess uh gather and protest and and present a united front that way that you know we understand the risk associated with it there are always risks to playing football, to doing, like you just said, Dave, just about everything we do carries some sort of risk to it. I don't know that we can just stop our lives totally, um, you know, especially when you can do things as safely as possible and, and, you know, try to move on that way. But like I said, I I understand my opinion is going to differ than or differ from a lot of people. So, you know, I'm fine with that. But, uh, you know, that that is kind of where I stand on that issue. But what's to stop a high school kid from suing? I don't know. I, I, that's yep. a good question. I don't know. I don't I, – you know, I have heard that the liability has been eased on that. The governor has come out and said that they're looking at easing liability, I guess, lawsuits or you – know, I, I guess I don't know the, uh, uh, the jargon, the legal jargon for it. But, you know, I, I've heard that they're going to le- ease some of those – some of those uh, – Yeah. Gee – if only you knew someone that could give us a legal opinion on that. Yeah. I'm just saying. You can't tell me that the, that the high school's uh, liability waivers or whatever that they sign, that they have the kids, that the parents or the kids sign, are that ironclad that it's not going to stop somebody from doing it. I, I mean, if, it's, if that's the concern on the college level, it should be the concern 
at, at the high school level. Yeah, That's and, and I think you you get some of that with the bigger bigger city schools that have shut things down. But it seems like most of the rural communities are going full steam ahead. Coach Rakes, what's the story with uh, <clears throat> the defending Division Three uh, state champion from last year, uh, Madison Trotwood? Yeah, they shut they shut it down. They're not doing any fall sports there. Right. Yeah, and I know that's a bigger bigger school too. I don't know if they had an outbreak or what the deal was. Um, so I I can't really speak on that. But yeah, I had heard that they shut it down as well. Yeah, Blue Boy, what do you think? The the other three. I, I I'm with Doug. <laughs> Probably a hundred percent. On this thing. That's a shocker. And I'm going to say something really dumb now when it comes to lawsuits. What's going to stop somebody? Yeah. Right. Somebody, what's going to stop somebody from suing? And right. I, I'm going to say, well, common sense. But, you know, that's that's what's dumb to even say. But but also where we are in, in the rural, I think we're incredibly lucky here for multiple reasons. I do believe common sense is a little heavier duty out here. And, and, and our uh, ability to space, honestly. Is is beneficial to the rural communities in the state, and you know, and I like to think that us Northwest Ohio people do have pretty high level common sense and brains, and um, and also understanding right. that you know, horrible things can happen driving to school in the morning, you know. So, you know, you know, and that it, it, it's, medically that makes has no weight, but. You know, life does go on, and, and it is. You know, I think things, people are getting so thinking tired. Blue boy, you think it's, we're, we're, it's exhausting? Seeing Big Twelve are going to do it. Exhausting, and uh, you know, you said do it. I'm. They're going to try like crazy, man. I, I well, you know what? They're going to hold off and yep. hold off and hold off because here's. Oh yes. Comp- competitive wise. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I tell you what, the, the, in my opinion, the Big Ten staring down the barrel of a gun with this. Because if, if those other three do play, I think, and I'm a huge Ohio oh, State fan, I think the yep. days of us yep. being an elite program, if those other ones play, are, are, are over. Now, you know, we might, because of how we've recruited the last few years, we might still have a, another right. few years, but uh, I could see us definitely falling back to the pack in the Big Ten and just recruiting across the conference wide, uh, really slipping. Yep. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and right. do you think that, you know, they all, everybody in the Big Ten knows it, and I'm pretty sure that's right. why Ryan did well, how can to get you, their asses rolling. How can you not? Their power to get okay, say, say that this is the president's meet, the chancellor's meet, with Warren, okay, which to my knowledge is what happened. And mostly it was the presidents and him. And by and large, the majority were in favor of canceling the fall season, okay, and, and moving it to spring. How can you not have a plan mapped out ahead of time before you make that decision and say, this is what we're going to do, okay? This is what we think can work. Yeah. We start playing in January. We play in these three dome stadiums in the north, which – Things are starting to leak out. It sounds like that is kind of what the plan is. But why would you, why would you not have that ready to go, so you at least have a plan going forward that you can that you can roll out and ease some people's minds a little bit, and they can plan ahead. But instead, you just kick the can down the road and leave people hanging, and and that makes people mad. 
I think that's why you're seeing these pairing. I mean, you can only take that for so long, and oh, I can't God. blame I can't blame them for getting upset. I think you make a good point that this could hurt the Big Ten down the road in recruiting and everything. I'll say two things to that. One, the Big Twelve's not even being quiet about it. They're squawking about how they think this will put them even with the Big Ten and maybe move them ahead yeah. of the Big Ten. But I will yep. say I will say this. I really don't think it'll hurt Ohio State. I really don't. They're they're a machine. We all know that. They just yeah. are. They're yeah. they're uh, a brand, and I think they'll always be able to get the kids they want. I really don't think this will set them back. Now, I hope you're right. Several other. Well, I hope I, I hope I'm wrong. I but don't. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Ohio State is, you know, I mean, they get as good as recruits every single year as anybody, and there's a reason for that. But. Uh, some of the other Big Ten schools might have some problems. Uh, I would say that, but well, I don't think it will slow them down at all. They're they're a juggernaut as much as much as I hate it. It's true. Right. I think. Right. I think I disagree a little right. bit because all you got to do is lose one or two of those Justin Fields type players or Bosa type players, well, and you're down and two you, notches. And, and you cannot and stay I'm with on you, the field, Dave. With, uh, but and this Alabama's is the other part of, of that. You know, it's not simply. When you look at it, and on the surface it looks like, well, they're just not playing this fall, and that's going to hurt them. But I don't think it's just that. I think it's the way this whole thing down with the lack of transparency, the secret meeting, the not revealing the votes and how they went, and then that disaster of a press conference Warren had, and then not meeting with the parents and explaining and, and having that dialogue. It just looks really, really bad, and you're starting to get pissed off parents of these elite players and they talk to one another. And recruits are always talking to one another and talking to players and previous players. And that's what worries me. That is the – it's not just the not playing. It's the lack of transparency yep. in the way that yep. the Big Ten has handled this whole situation, I feel, is is going to hurt them. As much as I, I want LK to be right in this and that it's not going to hurt Ohio State, I so – man, You're, tell- man, you're I telling just- me that you think in 2022 – there's a stud quarterback out of uh, the state of Georgia that's come down. He's he's down to Ohio State, Clemson, and uh, LSU. Notre Dame, LSU. You think <laughs> that you yep. you think that kid's going to say, "Well, I would go to Ohio State, but they didn't play the year there was COVID, so I'm going to go somewhere else." I think no. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's just because of the COVID. I think to your point. I think that it could very well be that, you know what, yeah, I'm down to these schools, but guess what, Ryan Day went to the NFL because he's so pissed at the way the Big Ten handled this, and he's not sticking around there. So I no longer have that guy as my coach. And, you know, I I know that my mom and my dad have talked to um, Sean Wade's dad, who seems to be spearheading this effort, and he has nothing good to say about, the Big Ten Conference or the way Ohio State handled it. I just think that there are a lot of things that are going to happen down the road or that are going to come to fruition down the road that we have no idea of right yeah. now. And uh, I just think that there are going to be there are going to be things that happen that, that uh, um, you know, we we just we what am I trying to say here? Basically, that uh, um, we can't see right now, but. But I, I, I just think there's going to be a negative impact overall. You know, with an, it. another point. Like a, another, a trickle-down effect. Another, yes, yeah, that's what I was looking for. Thank another you. point is uh, 
we all know my wife's smarter than me, and she brought this up to me when we were talking about it just last night. The, you know, you got to feel bad because the Justin Fields of the world. Yeah, gosh. He, if, if they would have known, which you can't. I mean, how many kids like him could be at an NFL training camp right now? If yeah. they would have known this was going to happen, they would have been able to leave. Well, now that's, you know, that was taken away. I mean, what, there's nothing you can do to change that, but there's a lot of kids running around that are thinking right now, and I'm sure he's and Trevor Lawrence at the, at the top of that list going, God, if I'd gone out for the draft, I'd be in an NFL camp now. But yep. there, was there, Justin they're Fields too eligible? Young. Both of them are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They couldn't have come out last year. Was he out? Yeah. Was no. No. Neither no. one of them. Fields? I thought he was old. Enough, he, you know? Nope. No. Neither of them. I think they're both the third years for both of them this year. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well. Okay. Yeah. But there are guys yeah. in that situation. Yeah. Sean yeah. Wade's one of them. You know, he could have come yeah. out. A lot of guys could have done. Well, that. I was reading. Sean I Wade, was reading, yeah. and I don't know, Elvis and LK. You may have. I don't know if you. Uh, I was reading on One Foot Down the dot com the other day that. Um, they're not going to charge any players this se- this year, fall or spring, with 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 a year of el- they're not going to charge them a, a, that year of eligibility, so they can come back and play again. So, right, well, that's, that's good that's for good that's for good the, for guys uh, like Notre Dame, who guys. Ian Book has the opportunity to come back if he has a shitty year to come back another year and be a, be a, a, a seventh year senior. On the other hand. Yeah, and, and 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 the first thing I thought of was was Jesus. It's yeah. probably a pretty good thing that Phil Dracovic <laughs> transferred. <laughs> the other thing is because he really wouldn't have seen a lot the field of those South kids Bend, that no. will be in that scenario have gone to a, a a college of higher learning, wherever it is. They're graduating. They know they're not going to go pro. They're going to move on with their life. They're right. not going to come back to play football one more year. They're they're ready to move on hey I, I do have a question what about one of our uh beatettes uh garrett crawl will that help him you think that's uh i sent i sent a text out to garrett to see if he wanted to come on he said he's pretty busy right now but um still working on it yeah and i don't know what he's what what is what's what's going on with him as far as future he, did, he didn't know oh a week or two ago when i we texted back and forth a few times but, i think him not playing you know, will probably hurt him he's pretty level i mean i did read in out, some but... publication that he's considered the most draftable player on that wyoming team right now and wow that's awesome he did tell us when we had him on the pod that He's going to, A, graduate on time, so he's going to have that degree, and, and B, if he doesn't get drafted, I would think he would sign as a free agent somewhere. He, oh, yeah. He told us he's going to go for it and get, you know give it a shot. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Hey, get, get, get his, well, he's already getting his master's now, isn't he? You know, this, or is that yeah, what you do? fifth year. Secondary, okay. Good for him. I, never, I didn't, or, or I didn't second, get that far, so I wasn't really sure. But uh, I was yeah, gonna say was, we didn't ask him a whole lot of academic questions. <laughs> good, yeah. yeah. Well, like I said, we're working on we're, yeah, we are working on year. trying to get him on here, even if it's just a recorded segment with me, and then we just added added in at some point. But uh, we'll definitely have to get in touch with you guys when that comes around. Uh, we're gonna take a little break here. Uh, hear from 
some messages from me. Um, and uh, we'll be we're going to come back and we're going to get into it with our special guest tonight, Fairview football coach Doug Rakes. You're listening to the Duder Podcast. Hi, this is Rob Bailey, better known as Beat from the Duder Podcast, and I'm here to say that Amerimade Realty in Bryan, Ohio, is the real deal. And I'm not just saying that because I'm an agent there. I'm saying that I would put our broker and stable of agents up against any other local real estate office, and we would flat out dominate. And I'm not just talking real estate. We could dominate at bowling, basketball, Monopoly, you name it. This week's featured house for sale is located at 4657 Rosedale Road in Hicksville. This beautiful three-bed, two-and-a-half bath, one-and-a-half-story home in the Fairview School District features a 58-foot concrete-stamped wraparound and covered porch, a large patio, concrete basketball pad with pole and backboard, a 40-by-50 pole barn with concrete floor is already able to be set up for horses or other livestock. It has beautiful hardwood floors in the dining room and living room, a gas fireplace, ceramic tile floors, a new roof in 2017, new furnace, hot water heater, and water softener all in 2018, and a fully finished basement with living space and much more. Folks, this house is MTV Cribs worthy. Think about that for a second and imagine yourself in this house on MTV Cribs. So if you'd like to take a look at this house or you just would like some more information, feel free to give me a shout. I can be reached at 419-388-9290. Now back to the boys of the Deuter Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the Deuter Podcast and a lively first segment there as we got around to pretty much all sports. Um, but we are blessed tonight to be joined by Fairview football coach Doug Rakes. Um, you'll know that I... I, I was the first one to drop his name a few episodes ago when we talked about football moving to the spring. Um, and I kind of wanted to know what Doug's plans were. And we'll get to that in just a second. But um, I've known Doug since probably since I moved here. Um, he coached my son. Um, and I've gotten to know Doug a little bit throughout the years. A pretty, pretty decent dude. And uh, where he... I don't typically root for Fairview, but I do root for Doug to win his games. Um, so we're going to do a little Q&A here with him, and I'm going to let the Beatettes kind of take over. So uh, one of you guys have at it. All the sweetest, hmm. man. You're, you're, you're the- All right. <laughs> Co- Coach Rex, I only got like an hour and 45 minutes for, to prepare for this. But uh, <laughs> I uh, looking on last year, you had a very successful season. Uh, what are you going to take from last year into this year with your well, boys? I think, you know, the last couple of years, really, I'm going to kind of lump the last few years together. And we've we've had some nice playoff runs and, and some big game experience. And I think, you know, with the senior group that we have, a lot of those guys, this is going to be their fourth year starting in the program, not just lettering, but starting. So a lot of experience coming back and a lot of big game experience. So I guess uh, – that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I seriously believe success breeds success. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been a big part of the culture change there at Fairview. And, you know, we have things going about right where we want them in terms of where our culture is right now. So, you know, those last two years have really gone a long way in getting that to where we want it to be. And Rob did say 16 seniors you have this year. Yeah, 16. That's incredible. 
14 of them play almost all the time then? Uh, yeah, and we try to get, you know, we try to get all of them involved in, in some form or another, whether it be yeah. special teams or what. But I would say, yeah, about 14 of them, you know, uh, uh, pivotal guys for us in terms of offense, defense, and then, you know, a couple guys that are working to try to get in the two deep. But uh, right now we're just kind of special teams guys for us and doing everything they can to help from that standpoint. And then also just leadership. You know, it's a great group in terms of, of what they bring to the table there, and that includes all 16 of them. Talk about some of your guys on the offensive side of the ball and uh, what you look to accomplish this well, year. Um, you're going to be throwing it. You're going to be throwing it a lot, or uh, what? 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 What do you? Yeah, see? I think the offense is going to be really similar to what it's been the last few years. Um, starts up front for us as any football coach, any offensive football coach will tell you. You know, if you can't get those guys up front to to perform, then you're not going to go very far. Um, and we feel we have a, a really good offensive line coming back for us. Uh, starting five seniors up front, some pretty good size, and all those guys have starting experience and. And we have another uh, three or four that we feel we can bring in and uh, play on the varsity level right now. So we're blessed with a little bit of depth up front. Um, Receiver-wise, we bring back uh, Caleb Frank, who two years ago was an all-Ohio wide receiver for us. And then last year, because we spread the ball around so much, he didn't have the stats that he had the year before. It wasn't because Caleb Frank is a worse or uh, was a worse football player last year than he was the year before. On the contrary, he was a lot better. Um, but it's an unselfish group, and they really didn't care who had the accolades or who got the accolades. It was just a matter of, uh, you know, what what matchups we could take advantage of on a given night, and they understood that, and they knew that it would help us win. And, and so you never hear those guys complain about stuff like that, just really unselfish that way. But we bring him back, and then uh, Cade Ripke, who is uh, a very nice receiver for us. He's dealt with some injuries in the past, but this year so far he's been healthy and he's uh, looking pretty good early on in the, in the season, in the preseason, I should say. And Luke Timbrook returns as our running back slash receiver. And, uh, you know, he's been a do-it-all kind of guy for us. As far as in the rushing game, he's been our main guy. And uh, he's one of the best receivers on the team as well. And this year, the only new starter that we have in the receiving core is Caden Blair, and he might be the best route runner of all of those kids. You know, he hasn't had a whole lot of opportunities offensively, um, but, you know, I, I, I really think that he's going to have a nice season for us. And then on the outside, we have uh, Russ Zedite coming back, and um, you guys are probably familiar with him, LK, and and blue dude every name um, that you said you know, it feels like we've heard them for like 20 years <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah and, and he's just a kid he he has one of the highest sports iqs of 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 any kid i've coached he just gets it he's one of the kids that that understand uh understand things and he plays boy i i think defensively for us at one point or another i know he's played d-line he starts for us right now at outside backer. He's played all the secondary positions, and he's played middle backer for us before. So he's played literally every position for us defensively. And uh, he just – those guys like that are invaluable. Um, so what about at quarterback right now, it's uh, Doug Rake. So my son is, is playing quarterback. And that was one of the, I guess, question marks going into the season was, you know, what were we going to do losing a two-time first-team All-State quarterback in Cade Polder? And was that, were we going to have to look at changing the offense a little bit to more run oriented, 
you know, we, we really didn't know what we were going to have. We just knew that we had an athlete and Doug that could come in and, you know, hopefully do some things for us. And, and he was going to battle with the junior Briar Williams, um, who was the JV quarterback the year before. And those guys both had a really good preseason for us and battled it out all summer. And uh, both of them, you know, we had a scrimmage Friday night and both of them did a really good job for us. So, you know, I, I, I think we're going to be all right at the quarterback position this year as well. Let me ask you this. Does Doug, does Doug Rakes Jr., when he drops back into the pocket, does he give uh, the routes time or is he uh, itching a little bit to maybe run a little sooner than dad? He does a really good job with that. And, and that is one of the fears that you have, but he did play quarterback when he was younger, all through, you know, uh, fifth and sixth grade and seventh and eighth grade. He was a quarterback. He just stopped when he got to high school because we needed him at wide receiver and we had a really good quarterback. Um, so he has some of those instincts still. I, I would say, you know, he, he definitely is going to look to tuck it and run more than probably what a Cade Polder did. Um, but he also does a good job of keeping his eyes upfield when he goes. So, you know, when the, when the real bullets start flying, we'll see how that goes. But so far early on in, in practice, he's been doing a good job of that. Who'd you scrimmage Friday? How to scrimmage go? Montpelier and, um, went pretty well. You know, they, they did some really good things. Mike Vickers is there for them now, uh, as their offensive coordinator. So they're in a wing T offense, which uh, we really didn't prepare for. We didn't know we were going to have a scrimmage until heck Wednesday um, or Thursday, or not Thursday, but Wednesday. Um, so we got that taken care of and, and they did a good job. They present unique challenges and that offense is always a tough one to prepare for um, or to, to rep against, especially if you haven't prepared for it. Um, but defensively or offensively, we moved the ball pretty well. Um, we were able to, to throw it a little bit and had some success in the running game. Our twos got a ton of reps, and that's probably the best thing about the scrimmage other than we got out of it healthy. Um, those guys got tons of reps, and we're going to need to count on those guys. So, you know, overall, I would say it was a really good scrimmage. Was the, was, is the loss of, of Chase Singer on the defensive side of the ball, is that uh, – are, are, you, are you finding that replacing him has been a little bit easier than you thought it was going to be, or is it – been a struggle it's a good question and you know i i've thought a lot about that actually all off season you know you're you know you have to replace chase singer you know you have to replace Cade polder those were two really big pieces for us and uh with both of them i would say and i'll get more to chase here in a second but with both of them players like that i don't think you you can really replace them you just have to be really good in other areas and you have to kind of I guess, mold and accept the guys that are coming in, playing those positions for who they are and do your best to coach them up. And, and if you need to make adjustments based on their talents, you do that. And I think that's where we are right now defensively. Um, I think everyone, we've talked about it with the kids, losing a guy like Chase, uh, we just have to be better in the secondary. We have to be better on the defensive line. And we got we to gotta give those guys that are playing in the middle all the help that they can get. How many guys are you going to be dressing this Friday, and how many uh, people do you have going both ways? We have 42 kids on the team. Holy shit. And right, well, yeah. And you know what? Numbers numbers are up this year in the GMC. I think, uh, boy, I know Antwerp has high, high 30s. I think Hicksville's at right at 30, I believe, right around there. Um, but heck, Tenora 
is almost at 50. Wayne Trace, I just counted them today looking at their roster, and, and they're about 45. We're 42. Last year we were 50, but we have a really small freshman class. So um, as far as the rest of your question, how many guys do we have going both ways? We're starting 11 seniors on offense, Holy and God. I think – Eight of those guys, seven or eight of those guys are going both ways. Um, but I think we have some guys, like I said, that's why Friday's scrimmage was so important. We thought that the guys that have been in the two deep that really are inexperienced, uh, the junior class, a lot of those guys have not had a lot of varsity experience up to this year. And so, you know, they had looked good early on in practice and done some really good things and gotten a lot better. But until they're in a game against varsity competition and you can actually see that and get it on film you never really know what you're going to get so it was awesome to see that and and to see those guys perform a little bit friday night um but yeah we i mean i don't think you know unless we can get the uh, the roster up above 50 and be pretty talented with our upper groups um it's going to be really tough to not have guys going both ways and you know we're we're back in that situation this year we probably have seven or eight of them i've read where some conferences are not going to crown a conference champion this year what i haven't heard what's the gmc's plan we are we are gonna we're gonna have a conference champion um the way with holgate being an eight-man football that kind of screws things up from the standpoint of numbers so we have an odd number playing for there's just seven of us so everyone is going to have an open week, and that also means that you don't play all teams, all the teams in your conference. So basically, and this kind of sucks this year, but Tenora was the one for us that was the last game on our schedule. So that one gets bumped back, and we might not even play them. If, if we're both still alive, or actually if just one of us is still alive in the playoffs, I think it's the, oh shoot, it would be like, week of regional finals so if either one of us make it to regional finals we won't play unless we meet up in the playoffs if we meet up in the playoffs that also serves as our conference game how are the playoffs going to work coach uh everyone's making it so six game regular season everyone makes the playoffs and um the home team and this is going to be something i mean everything's different this year but just one more thing the home team or the higher seed is the home team up through regional finals. So you could potentially play your games at home, all your playoff games at home, um, up to the state semifinals if a team made it there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> now, there's, are the coaches getting together after week six and seeding in every region, or how's that That's work? That's what I've heard, and that's going to be really interesting. So – you have to declare if you're going to go to the playoffs, if you're going to play in them by, I think it's September 9th or something along those lines. And then the next weekend, the OHSAA is going to redraw regions based on uh, numbers and try to even things out. From what I understand, they're going to do as, as much as they can to keep the regions as close to what they are now with hopefully just moving a few teams here and there. Um, but yeah, that, that, then coaches would meet and I, I guess seed teams. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but all I heard was coaches will vote on the seeding. Okay. How, uh, how fun is it coaching your son? Uh, I don't know if fun would be the word I would. I <laughs> maybe would maybe aggravating that. a little bit. <laughs> Challenging 
is probably the word I would use. And I've done it for a long time. So you would think that it would get easier after a while and it doesn't. It actually, you know, I think it gets harder as it goes, but uh, no, it, it is rewarding though. It, it, it's a lot of fun at, at times and, you know, it is challenging as well. So um, it's definitely uh, a situation and experience that I'll always cherish and, you know, hopefully he will too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, and also it's presented its challenges throughout the years. How does uh, coach, how does Doug Rakes Jr.'s mother, what does she think about uh, his head football coach? <laughs> well, she's, she's at all his things. And I think she sometimes struggles with, you know, when we come home, if it, if it's been a rough game or a rough practice, she, she doesn't really, uh, you know, uh, know uh which side to go on uh on <laughs> some of those nights but um no uh it, it, it's gone pretty well that way i try that's one of the things that i guess i've learned throughout the years and had to learn the lesson the hard way is is really shutting things off that happen on the football field and whether it's practice or a game and when we get home i'm dad now i'm now i'm no longer coach and that that was probably one of the biggest challenges that I personally had to overcome was not continuing to try to coach or or to talk about um, practices and things like that at home. Elvis, was your dad the same way? My dad was exactly the same way. We would, yeah. uh, you know, as intense as my dad was, nut job, screaming. Uh, we would get in the truck, and by the first speed bump, or he'd, he'd say, good game, bad game. And by the first speed bump at the park, he'd be my dad after that. That's And that's, that's where I, that's much where I thought was. you were going to go because I can remember uh, it was left in the driveway, you know, or at the park. It was never a yeah. word even spoken. But, but then but then he'd be meet, he'd be meeting Blue and the rest of the coaches at somebody's house and they'd be having a good time then. Well, after, after the game, the all the coaches' parties, those, oh, were, yeah. those were epic. Oh, those were epic. Oh, Classic, <laughs> classic, and epic. I remember that. I, I seen I seen Blue Boy pretty fun some quite a bit of the times. I I remember and it, shortly and after I graduated, I went to a coach's party, and I I think I drove Coach Blue home, but I don't think he was he wasn't <laughs> Coach Blue then though. He was just Dave. I, I know I, I know uh, I know there'd be a few times Mom and Dad would look at me and tell me, "Hey, you go ahead and head on home." And I knew <laughs> after after that it, it was gonna. It was on then for the night. It was time to get faded and X-rated. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, coach. I do. Um, how how hard has it been with the COVID stuff, like for practice, and what's a what's a normal practice like? I mean, like hitting and stuff. Can you guys still do all that? And is it pretty much just like a normal practice? But you gotta <sighs> do the guidelines or. Do you guys do it the best you can? You do. You try to do it the best you can, and it it is really different. What I'll say is kids are so resilient, and they adapt really quickly. So now it, it's quickly become the new norm. I think, you know, we had to kind of adjust the way we did things based on the guidelines. You know, if you had a two-a-day, you could have a two-hour practice, and then – you had a mandatory one hour break and then you could have another two hour practice. But the guidelines during the break are crazy. I mean, everyone's has everyone has to have a mask on and you keep those kids for an hour. And if you don't have a whole bunch of stuff for them to do in that hour, 
then they get squirrely and they want to kind of meet together in locker rooms, which you're supposed to keep them out of. And you have to have a coach with them all. It, it was, it was really just a pain. So we decided to basically this year, not have two days. We had one and it was very challenging. And then we just went to one three hour practice, which okay. that, was, that was kind of the rule. If you have one practice, it can be three hours. If you have a two a day, you can have two, two hour. And what I found, what we found as coaches, at least for our team, and we have a veteran group. So, you know, this probably isn't the same for everybody, but what we found is we got more out of that three hour session than we got in the two, two hour practices. And, and it what's, really wasn't even close. Um, what's, the yeah. proto, what's the protocol for masks for the kids and the coaches right this, this Friday night? That's a good question because if you read the guidelines, you, you literally read in back to back paragraphs, two different things. And one paragraph that says, all coaches and officials and any personnel not in the game all are required to wear masks. And then in the very next one, the very next paragraph, it reads, due to whistleblowing and the need for coaching, coaches and officials don't have to wear masks. So <laughs> it's crazy. And talking to the officials Friday night, they uh, basically said that um, they're not requiring them, but it's a good idea if you have them on. And that's that's what we'll do. We'll do anything we can to, uh, you know, make sure that we're able to play. So our coaches are all going to have them on. And uh, the officials, I believe, are going to have them on. And the thing I, I really am not sure of yet, and we'll have them have them, is the mask on the sideline if you're not in. I think that's going to be really challenging for the players and not exactly sure how that one's going to work and how we're going to navigate that one. So they're going to they're gonna have to wear them on the sidelines underneath the helmet then? Well, it depends on what what part of the rules you read. I mean, I've seen where okay. they're supposed to, but then, you know, the officials Friday night said that uh, they didn't think they were going to have to wear them. So, you know, we're going to probably have them wear them at least at the beginning until we're told otherwise. I thought I read after the governor's press conference Tuesday something about there's going to be quote unquote an inspector of some kind at every game. Have you heard anything about that? Yes, I have heard. I've not, nothing's been confirmed and I haven't asked a bunch of questions, but I, I think I heard or read the same thing that you did about that, that they'll have people at various games checking to make sure guidelines are followed. Um, it will be interesting. Who, who are these people? Yeah. Who I don't know these? if they're people from the County health departments. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure who, who they are or what, you know, what exactly that's going to look like if they're going to report back. But, I've also heard that there are going to be penalties are read that there are going to be penalties if protocols are not followed and like 15 yard, like 15 yard penalties or like you don't get to play next week. Well, like penalties, I read up to forfeitures of games. So, yeah, boy, that would suck. I mean, I just wonder if these inspectors are going to be trying to do the right thing. And at the same time, whistleblowers yeah yeah Yeah. i I don't know how that's gonna how that's gonna look or what it's gonna look like i'm guessing you know that's probably what i'm thinking that they're really going to be looking for is crowds and making sure that those are being managed the right way well let's talk about that i think i read as you know in tournament basketball the coach has to fill out a roster of the players, the coaches, yep. the bus driver, the cameraman, the, video guy, the, cameraman. Yep. the cameraman, the managers. And when you yep. get to the, the stadium, 
these stadiums are going to have one-way entry for players and coaches and one-way exit. Is that how you take it, as though when your team gets there, they're going to basically say uh, Doug Rakes Jr.? Yep. Then he, then he gets to walk through. Uh, That's how I take it. Yeah, I know we've already filled that out, and I've worked with Paul Yunker, our AD, on that, you know, getting the ball boys on that list and, you know, our camera people and, Am I and everything. Uh, I don't think you were – you were on there. God damn it. I don't think you made it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Invite you well, to come on my show no. and you pull this shit. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm also reading where there's no tickets sold at the gate. That's correct. The way that we're doing it, and I believe this is the entire GMC, is each player gets two tickets for basically their parents. They get two tickets, and you got to buy those tickets, obviously. And you're selling them Monday and Tuesday possibly Wednesday and if you don't have a ticket you don't come into the game okay I got it I got a question like at Hicksville the whole field's surrounded by a fence mm-hmm. can, pe- can people stand outside and watch it or is that not that's, allowed that's a good question I think you can as long as that's their property is that what you're talking about like the yeah the you know like at the park yeah. the park and then yes yep okay yeah as far as I know yes that that is they can't do anything about that. So if I rent just, a huge but, cherry picker and sit it out in the yep. out behind the other side of the fence, I'm good. Yep. Sweet. And I'm not going to do it. We actually have some, we have some people that, uh, some of my friends or people that I've played with people that are my age that own the field to the East of our football field. And they talked about just doing that, getting a cherry picker and, and watching that way and sitting out there and, so who knows how that's going to look? It's going to be tough to see, I think, unless you do get some sort of lift out there. But well, luckily, I think you'll probably see that going on around different uh, different venues throughout the state. Well, luckily, now, Doug, now you're, you're the you're the GMC game of the week on 105.7 The Bull this week. Uh, everybody, this can, is the everybody first can, I heard about that. Everybody can tune in and tune yep. in and uh, listen to Adam Gubernath and LK on color. <laughs> the the new man. That's awesome. Hey, uh, hey, Coach. Now, since it's at, at Fairview, and that's on school property, they wouldn't be able to stand outside the fence and watch the games, correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, we don't – I don't think we even have a fence that separates the property from from different fields. But you've been to Fairview. You know it's yeah, not like yep. a town where there are yards or things like that. So it, it'll be people that own those fields if they choose to yeah. – to, to allow people to go in them and what who knows what it's going to look like I mean, i've just heard i think the only the only way they could do it is that field to the east that's the only one everything else is connected isn't it the baseball field yeah yeah there's that I, big I hill there's over a there field to yeah. the south but but yeah i don't know i don't know what's going on it'll there. be interesting to see if there's an increase in police officers at these games and who is going to be at the gate, police officers or school administration, making sure that the people that are supposed to be coming into the gate with tickets are the only ones and that there's no meatheads, right. no meatheads trying to get through. Right. Yeah. That answer, I don't know. Hey, Wheeze, was- you, you, you might want to be careful because they'll probably kick you out because they're like, Hey, you're a, you're a basketball guy, not a football guy. Right. I'm wor- I'm worried about that. <laughs> I would think there'd be an increase in uh, police officers at all these games. I, I I don't know. What do you think, Coach Blue? 
I think that uh, I'd be concerned if I were you if they're letting leprechauns. In the <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. He's been quiet for like 15 minutes and he breaks that off. <laughs> Hey, that, oh, you're covering everything. No, you guys, you guys are doing good. Another haymaker. I, I've only got like a, a, a couple minor things here for Doug that really are not very serious. <laughs> um, shocking as that may be. Um, but, well, I've had uh, known Doug in different manners over the years and uh, um, got to, got to uh, really appreciate him. And uh, so I... Uh, I'm just going to ask uh, this start off. Uh, who is your favorite football official of all time? Well, it, it is hard to argue against uh, against you. Against you. <laughs> oh my God. I can think of a better one. I can I, hear. I, I can hear him getting stroked right now. <laughs> I, I could possibly have one better than Dave Blue. I, I'm not sure what his first name is, but they always called him Hayden. Oh, you're right. Hazen. Hazen. Blazing Hazen. Blazing Hazen. You're right. Now, Dave would finish second if Hazen were <laughs> still around. And it's, Hazen, I here's a, this a true story. Okay, true story. Hazen used to uh, obviously be an official. He was a back judge a lot, and I played free safety. And I would talk to him all game long. I would talk to him all game long. And there was a, a play. I, I don't remember who it was against. I believe it was Wasiana, first game of the year. And uh, – he threw a flag. It was going to be on uh, something like uh, uh, offsides or something. I said, Hazen, you saw that center flinch the ball, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I guess he did. Yeah, and he changed the call. I, I kid you not. He changed the call. So, yeah, Hazen, Hazen would be one and, and Blue would be two. Yeah, that's, that's what I'd say, that's, too. That's Dave, understandable. Dave, you still doing that on Friday nights? The only varsity game that I've done in the last two years was, believe it or not, Fairview and Edgerton last year on that Saturday afternoon. No kidding. Yeah. Because they, they were horribly desperate. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, now, a crazy from, one. From an official standpoint, I tell you what, as weird as it was, I didn't do that that many years. I had a lot of Fairview games, and I would take a Fairview game any day of the week. Uh, Fairview sideline is done right, and that's all the head coach. Their kids are fun as crap to be out there when I was happened to be in the middle of the field for playing, doing uh, the umpire position. But the sideline's awesome, and uh, I've always enjoyed that. You know, you know, I, I, Fairview did. I think you, you moved Junker off off your side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Yeah, we did. He, he, he get a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, I, I enjoyed that, and I enjoy the crap out of Doug. We have a good time in the spring at track. Yep. And uh, you know. You know, and I do. I root uh, root hard for Doug Rakes, and maybe not as hard for the Fairview Apaches as a whole. But, uh, <laughs> but this, this is ironic. I don't know if you guys paid attention, noticed this, but LK is the only non-central local resident. Yeah, that, on this that's podcast. very true. Really? Yeah. Mine's not by choice. <laughs> My, mine is, but I'm moving out, so I. That apologize. is ironic. All these Hicksville guys. All Elvis has yeah. to do is go walk, go move, build a house across the street, and he's good. <laughs> that hey, is good. Uh, that's, no, that's, that's, Dave. They, that is a, that is a very douchey, very douchey <laughs> observation. They they do call this yeah. God's country, and I do believe it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cheap place to live. I agree. 
<laughs> well, I, I like having the little lever of telling all those uh, Fairview douches that uh, work at the school, including Doug, that uh, I pay your freaking salary, so you better do what I tell you to do. Hey, it, is, so it, is a little, it, it is a little cheaper, too, than Hicksville. It is. Yeah, what, what's with that? When we were looking for, for uh, houses, not that we were going to ever move into Hicksville, but, you know, you, you look at different places and they, it does seem like places are more expensive in Hicksville than the uh, surrounding, surrounding towns. That's the Mecca. Cause there's, there's no, no, there's no houses in Hicksville mm. and, and any, any, any house that's, that's, you know, a solid, nice house. It gets snapped up. Or oh yeah. Yeah. Well, the key, the key you is know? in Hicksville, unlike central local school district, they don't allow broken down trucks and cars to be sitting in every driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and and we and we do have that. Was that yeah. a, was that was that a slam at me, Lens? Because <laughs> I am the village zoning inspector. I didn't know if you had a problem with uh, a nuisance complaint in the village. If you do, by God, stick it up your ass like I tell everybody else. <laughs> Only if you go off the beaten path of Sherwood is there a complaint filed. That's a good idea. Well, I just, I just, while we were listening here, I was just listening in, and I was cruising all of the GMC uh, teams' football schedules. And we talked a little bit ago about a conference champion. There's only one school that plays everybody. Yeah, is it Ayersville? It is Ayersville. Yeah. Yeah, just a quirk in the schedule because they were supposed to play Holgate Week Ten. Oh, yeah, uh, okay. And so that would be their off game. They've got Ottawa. They've now got Ottawa Hills scheduled Week Ten. Okay. okay. I just I found that interesting. Was it uh, so? Was there a meeting of the coaches? And I mean, how's come they couldn't just sit down and say, "Okay, we're all you know, all seven of us. We're going to make sure that we, that 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 we play everybody." I I think it was just logistically they can't. It's impossible with seven teams and the way that the playoffs are. I mean, they're doing it, but it's just a matter of, you know, if one of either Tenor or us or whoever is playing in that week 10, that's when they decided to push the games to is a week 10, the game that you uh, um, were going to miss throughout the season. Um, If either one of us are still in the playoffs, we won't play. And it's just weird. It, you know, and there was, to answer your question, there was no coaches meeting at all. We never got together. We were never asked to do anything like that. It was the ADs and principals that came up with it. Because, I mean, I see two, four, two, four. Oh, okay, never mind. Two, four, six. Yeah, there's six weeks before the playoffs start. I mean, I just, I just can't understand why they couldn't come together and say, okay, make, well, make, it, make it work. It seems like it would, right? Because seven teams, six opponents for six weeks, perfect, right? But it doesn't because every week there's going to be an odd team out. Uh, And you only get six weeks to do it, right? So every week there's going to be someone, one of those teams that doesn't have a league opponent to play because they're playing each other. Yeah, sorry, I'm stupid. Sorry. Yeah, believe it or not, like that's my first thought, and that was our AD's first first thought. And I know other schools in the GMC they thought it was going to work out perfectly because of what we just talked about. And uh, you know, unfortunately, that's not the way it went. Coach, is it true that on that Friday, 
when the OHSAA came out with the uh, six-game schedule, everybody in the playoffs week seven, that every AD and every coach were completely blindsided by that? Absolutely 100% true. And you guys and were all told that you would be in on all the uh, decision-making and then they dropped that on you? Yeah, the Football Coaches Association, Ohio High School Football Coaches Association, was told that we would have a seat at the table in terms of helping to develop the plan and, and the way things were moving forward. And then this was almost like a Friday news dump. It came out, I think, at like 4.30 on a Friday. So everyone's out of the office, of course, all weekend. And, uh, yeah, everyone when, everyone was surprised by that announcement. What was you doing? When? How did you find out? Did you see it on Twitter? Uh, on, I found out on Twitter. I get most of my information from Twitter. Um, and that came out, and I looked at it, and I thought, well – at first I was extremely happy about it. I wasn't upset that I didn't hear about it, you know, from our AD or whatever. I was just happy and pleased that we finally had a path forward after practicing all off season. Okay. And lifting the, lifting the coaching days, the 10 coaching days or contact days, you could, you know, have weights and then go out and throw afterwards with your guys. And so we took advantage of that and we, we did that. We would throw for about 45 minutes after, after uh, weightlifting. And we did that through June and through mid-July and had our regular camp days that we had scheduled. So, you know, we've been working all summer not knowing what was going to happen. And that's a credit to the kids. When did you, know, when did you, when did you feel comfortable that I think we're going to have this? I mean, was you thinking all along? This doesn't, you know, it was a roller coaster. This doesn't look good. I don't think we're going to play or was it? No, I, I'm a, I try to be optimistic about things. And, you know, I, I, I just feel that being positive in those situations can do nothing but good. And I, I would actually get really upset when I would read, you know, sports media, whether national media or local media talking negatively about the possibility of playing because I think all those things have influence. And, and so I was a positive thinker that way. I, I, I really was holding out hope that we were going to be able to play. And, uh, but with the news that was coming out first, I guess my first real doubtful moment came when Jerry Snodgrass was fired. When that happened, I, I really started to worry about things and the possibility of playing. I didn't know what that meant and the reasons behind it, and it just it, it worried me. And then it seems like since that moment up to that Friday when they had a plan, it was just a roller coaster. Yeah. The news, the news that would come out one day was very promising, and then the next day it felt like a kick in the gut with what would come out. Yeah, you know, it was just in it that happened over and over you know, throughout the, basically the month of August and, and mid-July. Boy, uh, Jerry Snodgrass has really gone black since that happened, hasn't he? I think it's happened yeah. to him for not saying a word anywhere. Right. right. I, I would love to hear his side of things. Was, I really would. He was awesome on Twitter all the time. And then since that's gone down, I've not seen one thing by him. And good for him. Nope. Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely taking the high road. Hey, Elvis, I'm going to answer your. Yes. I'm going to answer a question that you gave to Doug earlier. If, if there's room okay. for you on his on his sideline, <laughs> yeah, uh, dude's got nine assistants. I don't think he's got room <laughs> for you. Wow, hey, I'm losing a little bit of weight, so that's 
May, doable, maybe. Hey, Coach, talk about no. are they going to have uh, – I know halftime is only going to be 10 minutes and you don't go to the locker room, right? Correct. So you're just going to congregate in the end zone or – It probably depends on where we're at. Like at home, we have two practice fields. We're very fortunate that way. So we will we will go outside of the fence surrounding the track and we will go to one of our practice fields over there, the furthest one away from people. That's usually where we go, home games, unless it's raining or, or uh, weather is bad, and we'll go up to the school. But we'll just go in that area and, and talk things over and then get back on the field. At away games, I, I envision us probably doing the end zone thing. What about – is there – did I read there's going to be a stoppage in play at approximately the halfway point of every quarter? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. After about six six minutes, I think, they're going to stop it. And I think they're going to extend timeouts a little bit because of the water bottle thing and every player having their own. It, it's just – it's going to be different this year. It's still going to be football, um, but there are going to be things that that are going to be tough to adjust to. I think – the biggest one for us, especially being a no huddle team, and there are times where we like to move fast offensively, and the the officials are not spotting the ball; they're throwing down a bean bag, and the center is responsible for setting the ball. Mm-hmm. That's, what I, that's what I, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think that? Yeah. Do you think that's going to impede or impede, impede your offense? Is. I think it is, and, and we're going to practice it. Actually, after having having our scrimmage on Friday, I kind of got an understanding of what the officials are expecting, and we have ball boys that typically would throw the ball into the official. Okay, so now it's basically they're going to relay it in. So the receiver that's closest to our sideline will get that ball, and he's going to toss it in, and we'll get it to the center and get going as fast as we can. And if it's a you know if it's a play that you know, we catch the ball or whatever. If it's not a dead ball situation, we'll just rally it in or relay it in as fast as we can and get going. So every, every player has his own water bottle, right? Yeah. So are you going to have certain spots on the bench where they know that's where theirs is? We have our plan. Actually, our, our trainer just emailed me, and we kind of went back and forth tonight about it. I, I sent him a two deep, and he basically has the starters – in primary backups, two water girls are responsible for them and they'll have their water bottles in like a wagon. And so they're going to be paying attention to that. And during the timeouts, they'll wheel them out there and their water bottles will be in there. They grab them. And our mom's club is an awesome, awesome thing that we have at Fairview. And I don't know how many other schools have them, but uh, they're just, they do so many good things. They, when we told them the whole deal about the water bottles, they went out and bought these um, these, uh, well, heck, I don't know what you're called, like thermoses, basically, um, like little Yetis or something like that. And they're customized. So, you know, they have our, uh, our Apache headhunter on the side and then also the names, the kids' names on them and their number on the top of the water bottle. So they're, uh, very recognizable and uh, hopefully players will just be able to reach in and, and pull theirs out. Now, are, are players going to be and and and, uh, parents that attend games are, are is everybody entering the stadium having their temperature checked that's what the rules say i you know now i don't that's that's the way that i read it what about it's, what about testing no no testing is going to be required 
Okay, let's talk about. Let's say <laughs> let's say Thursday. Let's say Thursday. Uh, one of your players is confirmed COVID. Yep. I thought I read somewhere no game. That that's that's something I think we're gonna find out because you know as well as I do we're not gonna make it through the season with with no one getting it. Now, when I say we, I mean the state of Ohio and probably the area. I don't mean we as in the Fairview Apaches, but um, you know, I the way that I read it is they would quarantine and they would do the contact tracing and they would quarantine for the next ten days. If they tested positive, it will be interesting and wild if one of your players or coaches during temperature check entering the stadium, what is it above 101.4, I think. Is, yeah. Yeah. What, it'll be interesting what happens at that moment. Yeah. I think they, what we've done at practices is now we haven't had anyone that's uh, tested over or the temperature thing. We've had no one that's gone over on that, but we've had them. Um, when you come in, every one of them, you go through the questionnaire with them. Have you had a sore throat, cough, fever, um, close contact with anyone with COVID, shortness of breath? And if they answer yes to any of them, we send them home. And that's what I'm assuming we would do right then. If they, you know, if they uh, were 100, over 101.4 or whatever, they would just, they would leave. They would have to go home. Do you home. have somebody designated to do the temperature check for you every day? We do. Elvis. I do it, That's and Elvis. the uh, we have another yeah, be, another assistant coach that does it. Hey, coach, can I go back to your I, uh, guy at work? Told me to ask you this question about your uh, <laughs> your playoff game last year. Uh, yep, regional semis against Anna. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Riley Puffenberger getting ejected from the game? Well, was I'll it, tell you. I was, I was extremely upset and we have the benefit and I understand this. We have the benefit of being able to watch this on the sideline right after it happened yes. due to sideline. So we can do that. And so I looked at it and I knew right away that it was a wrong call. Exactly. Is, is tough about this. Okay. Those blindside blocks two years ago, those weren't even penalties. Yeah. Okay. And now all of a sudden you're kicking kids out for them. And how, as a 17, 16, 17, 18-year-old kid, you're supposed to adjust your – it just – it makes no sense to me. And my, my problem with it is if we would have won that game, okay, and played uh, the next week in the regional finals, he wouldn't have gotten to play because of an error by that official. Exactly. There's no – there was no appeal process, okay? So he just – he would have been out. And it could have caught – I mean, now – we didn't win that game, obviously, and Anna went on to win the state championship. But let's say we did beat them, and if we beat them, we were probably going to be the state champions. Okay, so then we don't have one of our best players playing because of something like that. And that was my biggest problem, and I worked. I mean, I, I shouldn't say I worked, but I, uh, you know, I emailed that officiating crew and sent them the film, and I wanted clarification and wondered why there was no appeal process. And actually one of the officials um, that does the review of their film said he was the review official for the NCAA as well. And so he said, this was absolutely not the right call. He sent it to Bo Rugg. They had discussions about this and he emailed me that this was not the only time that this has happened this season. It's, 
it's actually been an issue all season with officials getting that call wrong and ejecting kids for just, you know, things that they shouldn't have been ejected for. And now there is, there is a process. So that rule did get uh, not necessarily changed, but it got adjusted. So now in that situation, there's a process where it does not come with an automatic. If a player does get ejected for a blindside block, which again, they shouldn't, the rule reads, if there's intent to harm or you lead with your helmet, if basically if it's intentional helmet to helmet contact, intentional. Okay. And um, if they end up making that call on Friday night, the suspension is only for that game. They can't play the rest of that game. If they deem that it was on purpose. The film gets sent to Ohio, the OHSAA. Okay. And it's our responsibility as a, as a, a team to send it in. And then they review it and decide if it should come with a one game additional suspension. So there's at least a reveal or a review process now. And that's all I want. I don't yeah. know. Right. What, what makes that sad? That's the kid's last play yeah. ever in his life. And he did the right thing. Right. That's, right. Exactly. Exactly. In all, your, in all your years of coaching, Coach Rakes, where's that and a ball club stack up? Uh, that's a good question. They're number one. Those guys, those guys were amazing. I think we had a really, really good team last year. And um, they had – this is what sets them apart, in my opinion. And we've played some really good MAC teams in the past as well. Um, we've played Coldwater when they've been on their runs. And we played um, Delphus St. John's when they were in the midst of their 56 or 58-game win streak, whatever it was. So we've played some really good teams. But I think what set this – and a team apart is they had two guys on offense, uh, Bart Bixler, their quarterback, and uh, the other running back. Kid. Yeah, and those guys were were as good a high school runners as I've coached against. And then defensively, they had a Malachi Minnick, and boy, I can't think of the other kid's name. Um, Luthman, something Luthman, and. Uh, those two were defensive linemen for them, and those two were better than anyone that we had seen all year. And it wasn't close. They were just that good. And those those four kids, I think, set them apart. Um, but, you know, we hung with them. We hung with them. We were up 14 to nothing. It was 20 to 20 at half. Um, and then, you know, we lost Chase Singer. Not saying we necessarily would have beat him with him. But once we lost him, boy, there just was really no hope in stopping him at yeah. all. They just gashed us on the inside. and. And we couldn't do much. And then, to their credit, we also didn't score in the second half. So they they made some adjustments and and kind of tightened down a little bit defensively as well. This is for you and Coach Blue. What in the world is the story with that conference? How do you explain it? <laughs> Blue, you want to go first? Well, it's uh, I've heard this several times, right straight out of uh, a good one. Coach's name. Good ones, right straight out of his mouth, to my face, and, and he, he just uses this all the time. Says they got great parents. They've got they're all they're all uh, they're all uh, yeah full fledged households, moms and dads, and everything living there. Um, they the, uh, they've lived there forever. They have incredible pride, and it's the tradition of. I mean, their moms and dads were yep. all great players, and, and 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 went to it. He said, and they get it. They let us, they trust us coaches 
just they're great kids, great families, and obviously athletic as can be. Says, and then the parents let. Yeah, and, and that's that's exactly <laughs> the same thing that I've heard as well. It's households. It's a culture there. It's the expectations, and like you said, it, it's generation after generation, and the expectation is that you're going to play and you're going to play at a really high level and you're going to compete. And when you get so many of those teams down there and you're playing that same quality week in and week out, that's a big difference. And I'm not taking away anything from the teams up here, whether it's in the NWAL or GMC, but you guys all know as well as I do having played and, you know, and some of you in some form or fashion coached that you do have your, your weeks that, that, you know, that you're going to win that game. If you played it a hundred times, you're going to win it a hundred times. You know, it's just, there can be talent gaps or whatever it happens to be, but you just don't have to compete at the same level week in and week out that those guys do down there. And by the time they get to the playoffs, heck they've been in those games, you know, they've been uh, seniors have been in 40 of time them. and time again, Please. a team will finish. And they, they, they can coast time and time yeah. again, a team will finish third in that conference and win the doggone state title. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. And you, you drive through St. Henry, you drive through Minster and some of these other towns, and I'm like, what is the deal? There's nothing. I mean, they're smaller than Hicksville. Two, maybe yeah. maybe uh, two stop signs. It's just, you know, they got a tavern, and that's about and it. you know what? Yeah. You, you, we all know they do it in every sport, cross-country, track, yes. golf, every, everything. Yeah. Right. Boys and girls. Yep. Are they all – Roughly, are they all in the same division? No, uh, usually it's uh, three five, six, divisions. and seven. Yeah, five, six, and okay. seven. Which they've won. They've won three state titles um, in various years in football. <laughs> they've won Division Five, Division Six, and Division Seven. It's routine for them to win two, two of the three. I read an article yeah. in the uh, Van Wert Independent newspaper a couple of years ago, and it lists. It listed all their state titles over the years in every sport and every school. I don't even know what to say. It's it's beyond. Yeah. It's it, it's, right. it's <laughs> I, I don't know. It's it's something else. I know that. Yeah. How how uh, how close was Parkway to leaving the MAC and coming to the GMC? What was that? I, I, I heard a couple rumors about that, but we got Paulding instead. Was, did you guys ever hear anything about that? I never heard that. Blue boy? Uh, no, I heard, as far as I know, and I had my ear to the ground with that when that all was going on, I never heard Parkway coming to the GMC. What I heard them talked about was possibly making a move to the NWC. That's, that's, that would be more logistic, definitely. Yeah. 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 No. no, I never okay. Parkway either. Did hear Chris? Anybody else got anything for Doug? I uh, I I do have one thing for Doug. I'd uh, like to tell him thank you. Oh, absolutely! Thank uh, you for having me on. That's my awesome. oh. my my uh, my son goes to Fairview Elementary, and I'd just like to tell you um, how great your kids are in football, and that's a. Uh, you know, on on the field and off the field, the you got you have a lot of football players that come to the school and help the young kids out with a lot of things. And I do a lot of field trips with my son, do mm-hmm. and do a lot of parenting, or I don't know, room mothers, room fathers, whatever it is. And you bake and, you fucking bake cookies, and then, don't you, Elvis? <laughs> <laughs> no, and I and 
all your kids on the football team are great with the with the kids, and I just think that represents how good of a coach you are. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Those guys do a really good job with with going down there with the kids. I think it's it's really important, you know, to just to have that interaction with them, and it's important. I think it goes both ways. Obviously, it's awesome for the elementary kids to see, you know, guys that they're able to see on Friday night come over and spend some time with them. But I also think it's good for for our players to to go over there and understand what that means to kind of give back a little bit. So I, I appreciate that. It's, it's always good to hear things like that. I, I know, I know it's pretty, I know it's pretty funny when like, uh, uh, Russ Zedike would always say hi to my son uh-huh. and, and he'd look at me and smile. I go, do you know him? <laughs> <laughs> and he'd look at me and said, He's got a big truck, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. I have two, two or, final questions. Yep. Coach Rakes, are you going to be in my fantasy basketball league this year? I I probably will, okay. yes. Good. And the second question is, I'm 63 years old. Will I see the Knicks win a championship before I die? Oh, oh, God. oh boy. I hope not. I hope not. No, no. <laughs> I just get it. I I am not a New York Knicks fan, but boy, I I I that organization. I, I mean, didn't ask watch you them from the outside in. I just asked you. <laughs> Doug, uh, Doug, you you're your, closer to it than me. What do you think, Doug? Who's your NBA team? I'm a Bulls fan. Oh, Attaboy. boy, you suck ass. Attaboy. Yeah, Bulls yeah, fan. I was a huge. That's why you know I like Ribbon LK. Because I, I was a huge, huge Michael Jordan fan. Loved Michael Jordan. And, uh, you know, back in the days when he was losing to the bad boys or they were losing to the bad boys. And, you know, I hated those Detroit teams. And then I grew up hating the Knicks and John Starks and Pat Ewing mm-hmm. and all those guys, Charles Oakley. And, that tells, you know, that it, tells it was, me you were, it was fun. You, you were threatened by them. <laughs> 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 That's all I've got to hang oh. my hat on, Coach Blue, is what we did back in the nineties. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this last question to Coach Rakes, and we're gonna close this out in style. Now, when you were in high school, Hicksville Athletics were, uh, dare I say, on the decline. Uh, yeah, pretty much rock, boner, pretty much rock bottom. I, um, I'd say bon- bonerific. <laughs> Doug, <laughs> did you ever lose to Hicksville in any sport? Not counting, let's just say, okay, let's not count track because we, we actually had some decent track runners that were your age. Um, we, oh, go ahead. Did you lose to Hicksville in football? I don't think you lost, probably, no, you didn't lose to him in football. Did you lose to him in basketball? We did. My senior year, we got beat by them. That was, I believe, the first year of the, um, the dual head coaches or the co-head coaches. Oh, yeah, the Hadley boys. Okay. Yeah, yeah Dan and Randy. And, yeah. yeah, and there was a Headley that was a junior that was pretty good. That was player. Jared, yeah. Okay, and that we got beat at home that year, and that was the first time because I remember Coach Rufer was, was not oh, happy Jesus about it. That was, the first time, that was the first time he had lost to Hicksville in, in quite a while. So, uh, yeah, that, that, was, uh, that was the only – only time in football, I don't. You did. Well, I don't even think they. Uh, oh, they did score on us my freshman year. I remember. Wait a minute. Uh, that, you know who's you know, you know who's senior year that was? Yeah, uh, it was Elvis's senior year. Oh, what, what my senior year? Wait, was he a freshman? Was that oh, 95, yeah. 95 football season? Oh, the ninety-five. No, that would have been Elvis would have been gone. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. I was chilling in Toledo. All right. We we I tried to help you out there, Elvis. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll wrap up uh, wrap up the, this installment of the Duder podcast. Uh, we lots of thanks to Doug Rakes for joining us tonight. Uh, he's about to be the, one of the busiest people on the face of the earth, and for oh, him to, yeah. for him to give us a few hours on a Sunday night, you know, it's awfully awfully kind of you, Doug, and we really do appreciate it. And we wish you nothing but success this season. Not the Apaches, but you. Um, <laughs> well, thank you very much. All right, folks. So that's gonna obviously that's gonna do it tonight. Um, if you are listening on Apple, please subscribe, rate, review, uh, send us a text, send us a Twitter, send us a Facebook, do whatever you got to do. We'll read it. We'll read it. Uh, always love to get, get reviews, even if it's from Dave. Hey, oh, oh, shit. I forgot to thank Dave for joining us because Billman didn't think he was quality enough to ask Doug Rake's questions tonight. So. <laughs> hey, don't forget you better sell my house. Oh yeah. If you want to hey, anybody want to buy a house, give me a call. Uh yes, it's Elvis's house, but I swear that all the semen stains have been cleaned up. <laughs> Most right. of them. That'll do it. We're peacing out from the Beats Lab. This has been the two dudes. God damn it, the Duder podcast. <laughs>